As a kid, have you ever wondered how to make your ideas come to life? Welcome to Spark, a podcast that empowers kids to learn, create, and become. Tune in weekly to hear great ideas. Wouldn't it be great if we could sell all of these toys and make money, and then use that money to bring books to the kids in India? It's about passion. Well, whatever your passion is, just keep following it. If a nine-year-old like me could follow my passion, anybody could do it. I started following my passion when I was three and a half. It's about taking risks. Especially as a middle schooler, is you have to recognize that you have more time and more ability to take risks than anyone else. And it's about knowing how to deal with no's. I have a saying that says no is just an abbreviation for next opportunity. And so after every no, after every ten no's, you're still gonna get a yes. It can be a simple yes. It can be a really big yes. Listen to real stories about the impact you can create as a kid. I truly believe that anyone at any age can make a difference.、Um, you know, if you would have asked me and my parents if little five-year-old Catherine would have continued、uh, her fundraising efforts for so so many years and made such a big impact, we would have said, "What are you talking about? Like, there's no way that's going to happen." And also encouragement from other kids to pursue your dreams and giving back. You're never too young or too old to start a business, or you're never too young or too old to give back to charity because it's very helpful for the kids in need. All kinds of real stories about kids and adult creators who have made real impact in the world. If you want to be inspired, subscribe to Spark. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spark. I am the host Lee.、Uh, today we have a special format for this podcast. It is not an interview, but it was a lecture given by one of our guests. I worked、uh, with a local school in Palo Alto, California, for some lecture series for parents and educators, and I thought this、uh, topic is a great one that we can bring into the podcast. It is called cultivate maker's mind. So we got to invite Anne Mayrell, a freelance designer, engineer, and an educator. So Anne uses her technology、um, background、uh, with her design expertise and her maker's mindset to create innovative learning through play experiences. So Anne holds a Bachelor of Science and Master of Science degree in aerospace engineering from the University of Texas at Austin, and a Bachelor of Art in Industrial Design from the Academy of Art University. So Anne became passionate about hands-on, project-based STEAM learning when she experienced firsthand the struggle of learning science and math、um, from the textbook. Yeah, basically, she cannot learn from the textbook. She has to do some hands-on experiment, and in order to get that experience in her mind. So, as a strong advocate for experiential learning, she develops curriculum that blends science, art, and design as a hook to inspire students to ask questions and seek solutions through open-ended explorations, aka play. Her hope is to demystify STEM through learner-led, inquiry-based opportunities to create an environment where fantastic failures are getaways for breakthroughs, and to cultivate curiosity and thus build makers' mindset. 
So she has worked with K to eight students and educators at a lot of schools and museums across the Bay Area. That includes Alt School, the Imagination Lab School, East Bay Innovation Academy, the Tech Museum of Innovation, and the Exploratorium. So, as a practitioner designer, she has designed toys, suitable suitable products, packaging, interactive spaces, and movie props. Along with her co-founder, Anne has developed a series of drawing robotic kits, where now are produced by their company called Art Boot Toys. Okay, so now let's welcome Anne to talk about how can we cultivate maker's mind. My background is actually in aerospace engineering.、Um, I got my bachelor's and master's in aerospace、um, and at the University of Texas at Austin. And I was a practicing engineer for the first part of my career, and switched to industrial design when I noticed how few women there were in engineering and practicing engineers. I felt very strongly about how I was taught、um, as an engineer and throughout my education, and I was taught very traditionally through books and someone standing up at the t- at the front of the classroom and imparting knowledge upon me,、um, and I was simply a sponge that was supposed to take that knowledge in. So when I switched to industrial design. The primary motivation for that switch was to create hands-on exhibits for museums. So I switched to industrial design, and along the way, I really got inspired by toys and the idea of designing toys as a way of learning through play. It, I felt like it was very similar to、um, exhibit design and hands-on museum type design. Um, and since then, after I graduated with my industrial design degree, I have really practiced、um, a blend of engineering and design. So,、uh, some of my more notable projects are: I designed an indoor mini golf course,、uh, restaurant, and bar in San Francisco's Mission District. It's called Urban Putt. It's、um, it's a really、uh, Inspiring course. It's all handmade. It's all unique, one of a kind、um, mini golf holes.、Um, we have we've touched on a little bit of everything from beautiful mechanisms that are done out of wood to electronics to、um, uh, video game design,、um, and we've really、uh, showcased kind of the the. Mechanical marvels that are possible.、Um, I've also done some movie props、uh, for different movies.、Um, I also do the STEM content in for toy companies. So, for example, if you were to、um, go out and in, for this particular product, it's a, a product that is Lego compatible. They're little circuit cubes, and I develop the STEM content so that when your kids are putting these. Um, amazing moving creatures together. They're also, you know, getting some knowledge about 
you know, things like gear ratios and understanding the concept of torque and um, how to actually move something that is going uphill or what's the trade-off of moving fast versus having a high torque. Um, I also do educator training. So a lot of what I do is going into the classroom or doing workshops outside of the classroom and helping educators um, become better educators. Um, I also own a very small toy company with my partner. We, um, we designed and manufacture uh, drawing robotic kits um, for kids. And uh, we exhibit a lot at fairs like Maker Fair and um, uh, Tinker Fest and just smaller fairs around the Bay Area. We feel strongly in um, putting items that you would normally find at um, a hardware store or your electronics store into the hands of kids very early so that they are seeing real parts um, being utilized and, and how you know, walking them through the process of wiring up a simple circuit. So that's my background. Um, And like I said, I feel very strongly about this concept of learning through play. When we um, are playing, whether we are a a child or an adult, we are in this very um, open-minded state. We are um, free of judgment. We are ready to, to engage um, where we are, we are taking agency over that engagement. And we, it's, a, it's self-directed. Somebody is not telling us to do this. Okay? So I see toys as tools to facilitate that learning. It teaches us how the world works how to analyze and evaluate ideas and concepts, and then how we can have an impact on the world. So that last part is really important because now we're asking our kids to take their education and learn how to innovate. And it's a big ask if we don't instill those skills early on. So one of the, one of the uh, quotes that I really like is this quote um, from a, a pediatrician, actually. Um, Kids develop 21st century skills in play, skills that are crucial for adults in the new economy that help them collaborate and innovate. So it's more than just kind of useless time. You know, I remember as a child, it was like, have you done your homework? You can't play until you do your homework. And that play time is critical for developing that child's social-emotional skills, collaborative skills, intuition, problem-solving. It's really foundational in a lot of different ways. So... What I do is I actually develop STEAM content. STEM is a traditional concept of uh, promoting science, technology, engineering, and math. I personally believe that art is an integral part of science and innovation. And by that, um, I really uh, 
I'm a huge proponent of um, working with our hands and expressing ourselves creatively. So that's sculpture, sewing, um, woodworking, um, any type of artistic endeavor um, where we are learning how to physically manipulate objects with our hands and being able to use those um, is a creative artistic process and should not be separated from STEM. So you'll notice in what I'm talking about today, it's that art element is heavily linked. In my teachings around STEM, I have three foundational points. It's creative problem solving, critical thinking, and something called the maker mindset. So creative problem solving is simply the ability to use our understanding of the natural world and draw on our life experiences to devise solutions to a new problem. This is not a problem that we've seen before and we've already devised a solution for. It's not jumping through the same hoop. It's taking that knowledge and being able to apply it to a new problem. Critical thinking is the ability to critically analyze and evaluate the solutions or the situation at hand and possible um, outcomes so that you can really take that information and uh, understand the problem critically so you can design a, a solution to solve that problem. The last part um, is the maker mindset. And the maker mindset is, is the ability to recognize our capacity to develop solutions on our own with readily available uh, materials. So I know sometimes it's, it's comforting to say, well, we can do that, but we don't have the stuff we need. This is the MacGyver element, right? This is the ability to see beyond resources initial purpose. This is being able to look at a cardboard box and say, yes, I can make a go-kart out of that. Or to look at plastic materials in your waste bin and see something in that material that it wasn't originally designed for. And being able to be resourceful and imaginative with those materials um, and overcoming the obstacles that will invariably come up, that's the maker mindset. So teaching STEM is really at the heart of those three as they overlap. So the goal of STEAM education is to indeed introduce our students to the STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, and math, but to do so in an interdisciplinary and applied way. And by that, I mean, let them, um, let them experience real-world world challenges and apply that knowledge to something that has a big impact. Too often, our students are bored in, in class because what they are learning has no basis in their life. So to tie what they're learning down to something that is relevant to them gives them a sense of purpose 
They have a, the ability to connect that to something greater than themselves and important to them. The other element is to practice critical thinking and problem solving. So I'll touch more on this um, in a bit, but allowing them exposure to those real world problems means that they go through the steps of understanding how to look at these problems critically and come up with creative solutions. If we never ask our children or give them the opportunity to do this, when, we, when they get to be adults and in their field and practicing, they won't have the skills necessary to step up to the plate to do it. But more importantly, they won't have the confidence. So it's really important to do that now. Lastly, we want to give them the, the skills and opportunity to actually change the world. This is another quote that I really like. The kids need to be able to solve real-world issues in our classrooms. Not just talking, taking notes about it, not just reading about it, but science is dirty. Science needs to be messy, and we have to be confident enough to get messy. So it is a process of jumping in. So as educators... We need to rethink our role to be one of facilitators, curators, side-by-side learners, and advocates for our students. As a parent myself, um, this is something that I practice with my own daughter, um, and I feel that it is invaluable to be um, a side-by-side learner next to her to admit when I don't have all the answers, and we can learn together. Um, We also need to reevaluate what we value in the classroom. And I'll go into that more later. Um, And then how we assess student progress. But the big takeaway is to be focused on the process rather than the final product. I also believe in child-led inquiry-based learning, and this allows students to really be invested in their learning process. It allows them to have agency over what what they learn and how they learn it. It's also a great way to get buy-in from your students. Project-based learning um, is also something that um, I'll show an example for. And what I do is, um, uh, this is a blended curriculum. So it's, it's where you are basically um, looking at a project as the overarching theme versus segregating the different uh, subject matters, language arts, from math, from um, uh, even, even art. Uh, so I've, we also do learn by doing and really support this open-ended exploration process. So it's less about um, less less directed and more um, allowing the students to reach different challenges as um, as they get there. So each student is going to be at a different place, and to be able to um, allow that open-ended exploration 
to um, take you on a different path is what, what I'm a proponent of. I also celebrate fantastic failures. Um, and this is a very important one for me because um, when I was going through school, uh, failures and mistakes were something to be ashamed of. But in design school, uh, there's this motto called fail early, fail often. And this concept of fail early, fail often is that you're trying a lot of different iterations over and over and over again, and you're iterating and prototyping very fast. So failure isn't something that we should be ashamed of, but something that we see as information. Information for finding solutions that, that maybe don't work the way we expect. So it's just information. So when we look at it um, as f- failure being that information, it's just course correcting us. In the classroom, the way I design hands-on STEAM education um, is, is very much how I approach any design process or any design, um, design challenge. Um, I start with um, a, a couple of, of assumptions. First, that it's a, I'm going to design for a 50-minute class that is anchored to some learning arc or guiding theme. So that may look like I'm going to talk about Brazil in science and or I'm going to dive into forces in motion. So that would be that would be a theme or guiding arc that I'm going to cover. Um, I'll start with brainstorming concepts and big ideas that I want my students to take away. I'll do my research. Um, this may be where I'm looking up the NGSS standards or Common Core, um, but it, most likely it's it's my time to think of fun, hands-on activities that I'm going to do with my students. I'll go through um, ideating, um, so I will actually start drawing and just dumping all my ideas onto paper. Um, In that same process, I'll start evaluating ideas on what that might look like in the classroom, um, and then I'll start fleshing those out, taking them to the next level, seeing what's going to work, um, and then I experiment. So I will actually go and uh, usually with my daughter, we'll, we will sit in our kitchen and we will play. Um, based on that, I'll refine and then generate lesson plans and prep materials. The next type of class that I offer is um, a design challenge. Design challenges are very different than um, provocations in the in the sense that Provocations are aimed at them kind of getting some key points of um, identifying scientific principles, where design challenges are more of an engineering practice. So it's a designer's um, opportunity to explore a a wide range of ideas and, um, and use those critical thinking and creative thinking skills. So here um, I encourage the fail early, fail often concept. Um, And I tell them not to wait to test till the very end. So for both educators and parents, the key takeaways 
are that learning is always going to be messy. Uh, whether it's, you know, messy in materials or messy in just the non-linearity of it. Um, and that's okay. We don't need to be afraid of that. Um, I would encourage every parent and every educator to use hand tools. Teach your students and children to use hand tools. And by hand tools, I mean things like glue guns. Learn, um, teach them how to identify the difference between pliers and screwdrivers, both Phillips head and flat head. Um, help them to feel confident with uh, manipulating tools in their hands. Don't shy away from it. Safety, cover safety, give them some safety goggles, and then trust that your student or child will step, step up to the plate. The next thing is that when you're doing STEM or STEAM education, you don't have to need, you don't need expensive tools, equipment, or materials. All that I show um, can be done very cheaply, and I am a big proponent of no-tech and low-tech. I encourage you to use materials from your recycle bin, um, but most importantly, make it fun, affordable, accessible to the kids. You don't want to aim so high that it it goes over their heads, um, but expandable. You want to a just-right challenge that can take them to the next level. You can build on it. So each one of you knows your child best. You know their interests. You know, you know um, what they will naturally gravitate to. So follow your child's lead. Listen and be patient, which is sometimes a little challenging when we see our children struggle. Struggle isn't inherently bad. Struggle gives children an opportunity to push their limits and push themselves beyond their comfort zone. And if you, if you see your child struggling, tell them, I believe in you. You can do this. If you need a break, take a break. Come back to it later. Encourage your hobbies, um, their hobbies, their, their crafting, their drawings. Be adventurous yourself. Be curious and dare to enjoy an epic failure yourself. And by this I mean um, you're modeling behaviors that you are trying to instill in your child. If you see that your child uh, shuts down or gets overwhelmed when they get um, a bad grade or when they meet a challenge that they can't seem to overcome right away or new th- learning new things is a real um, impasse for them. Perhaps it's an opportunity to take a look at yourself and see what behaviors you're modeling for your child. Maybe you can show that when you've had a struggle and it's really important to model those behaviors because um, you're showing the, the challenges and the rewards of learning something new.
so create space for boredom and downtime. So boredom is the, is the mother of invention. The more you can allow your child to be bored and sit idle, the more creative they will be. So definitely do it. Believe in your child. I think that one goes without saying. Um, and let them know it. Another thing is make, make time to play with your child, um, whether at home, at a local makerspace, or finding fun activities that you guys can do together. This is not signing your child up for um, a camp. This is going and learning how to sew on a Saturday. This is tackling a new project that the library has going. This is at home um, putting, putting a piece of Ikea furniture together, together. And then have faith in the undirect, indirected project, the, the project that is not, um, that doesn't have a, a finished goal in mind. Yeah, so allow them to get dirty and go along for the ride. So that concludes my, my talk. Um, I'm hope, open to questions and would love to help answer any questions that you might have. Oh, I have a question. So we all know that playing is very important for kids, but a lot of parents are definitely pushing their kids to study more than playing. If there are so many benefits when it comes to play or making stuff, how can we measure such benefits? Are there any data or statistics that can show parents that playing is actually very crucial? So like anything, nourishing that play instinct is important. So what I'm encouraging you to do as both parents and educators, is to nourish that play instinct. It is very easy to um, overtax our, our students with, um, you know, trying to do well on assessments, whether that those are grades or on tests or, you know, in school. But it's really important to nourish that play. And I personally am trying to align the, uh, that play into schools more so that we restructure how we learn and, and teach our kids so that it is more in line with playing because of there's so many, um, so much research that has been done about how how our synapses develop faster when we are in that flow state, and we get into a flow state when we are enjoying what we're doing, when we're when we are actively engaged in play. Um, I didn't include any of that research um, for this talk, but it is heavily documented that um, that we are much more productive because we are using a fuller part of our brain in order to, um, when we are in that flow and play state for learning. Um, so I would, you know, 
push every parent to challenge their schools and um, their educators to incorporate more of these these activities in the classroom um, actively and immediately. Um, Aside from that, I'm trying to support you um, as a parent about what you can do at home. Um, And I do understand the pressures of um, doing well in school. Um, And one of the quotes that I had um, was from a um, a, a medical professor. He teaches medical school and teaches surgeons. And it says, we've noticed that medical students and trainee surgeons often don't seem comfortable at all doing things with their hands. We're talking about the ability um, to work with our hands um, uh, uh, with tools, cutting things out, and putting things together. You need to understand how hard you can pull things before you do damage to them or how quickly you can do things before they, seem to, before they change in some way. Um, across the board, we're seeing um, in all these different fields, not just STEM-related, um, but in the medical field um, and in technology, um, data sciences, uh, biology, we're seeing a lack of, of basic skills that used to be inherent in all graduating seniors and college students because they would they would tinker in their in their garage or they would fix the car or you know they knew how to change a tire on a bike and now those basic skills are outsourced and so as as you know parents we need to we need to encourage that rather than you know throwing away that that blender that stopped functioning let your kid take it apart you know, rather than throwing out something, use it as an opportunity to um, learn and learn side by side with your student. You know, um, so so there's a lot of benefit to those what I call hard skills and soft skills, but hard skills in in the ability to be able to turn a wrench um, and soft skills to be able to have the confidence and courage to even try. For your great talk on cultivating maker's mind. There are plenty of parents and educators uh, from the lecture who found it very, very useful. And as a designer myself, there are a lot of things that you talked about that stood out to me. And here are the following. First, process is more important than results. Definitely, totally agree. The effort we put into the process and the learning we gained in the process is definitely much more valuable than the result alone. Second, when we let students to lead their own learning experience, they have a lot of more agency and motivation. Thus, they will learn much faster and much better as well. And third, celebrating failures. Fail early, fail often. So if we don't fail and we don't learn fast enough, and we probably would never know what success looked like. So again, it is all about the process. Pick up the learning experience, and then you'll get to the result. So the result is just a final point that you're going to reach. Yeah. Last but not least, 
learning or creating is always messy. So don't worry about how to clean up later.、Um, enjoy the moment and get into that flow of focus. No matter for kids or adult creators, I'm sure that you guys know what I mean when it comes to focus. Thanks again, Anne, for sharing with us about how to cultivate maker's mind. I also appreciate everyone by tuning into Spark. The fact that you choose our show means the world to me. I would love to hear what you think, so please leave us some comments and reviews on iTunes. And you can also tell me what kind of topic you would like to listen and share with me some of your great ideas. And I would love to gather ideas and also、um, pursue further topics that you are interested in. Again, thanks everyone for listening to Spark, where all kids are empowered to learn, create, and become. I am the host Lee. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Spark Creators podcast at PeachandPlumLab dot com.